0: Well, I hope everyone had a good night's sleep last night, the hour less, at, le- at least for me. It was very hard to get out of bed this morning. I woke up, and as per usual, it was pretty dazed. but I looked outside, it was so dark. I was like, wait a minute, Skipped ahead. should should it be brighter outside? I was like, no, it's, it's actually 5.30 in the morning, and I can't do math. But, uh, no, for a gospel that we need to wake us up, we have a showdown between Satan and Christ here, which is... A great way to wake up and something that uh, should cause us to think and hopefully wake us up a little bit. And it's when we, when we think about it Christ, Satan, okay, there you go. They've been going at it for a little while. But Jesus is a person, second person of the Trinity, created Lucifer, one of the highest creations. Shouldn't be much of a fight, right? They're not even in the same league. It's like throwing a stone against a, rock, a mountain, right? Our Lord is in a different league than Lucifer, yet he tempts him. It said that he tempts him, and Christ in his full humanity was tempted. But we recognize that ultimately Christ won, right? His, his victory on the cross is something that gives us all peace. We're getting to the end of the story, but we do know the end of the story. Christ wins, right? The victory has already been won. We're just figuring out how our Lord wants to get there. So Satan is tempting Christ, and what what is he tempting him? Well, I was listening to Fulton Sheen the other day, and he's talking about this encounter and says that this is actually one of the three times that our Lord is tempted to not die on the cross. He's asking him to show his divinity, show his kingship in a way other than the, the, the will of the Father that led to him dying on the cross. And ultimately, as a human, we can understand this. Our Lord knew he was going to die on the cross eventually, maybe not specific details, but he knew that was the reason he was sent to earth, was to die, to shed his blood. That doesn't sound fun, right? So our Lord, it was a temptation for him, but ultimately it was not uh, something that was ever going to come to pass because our Lord can only do the Father's will, right? He gave us this great example to go out in the desert, to spend those 40 days Uh, So many times in the gospel, we see him going out and praying with the Father. And even Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, needs to take that time to spend time with the Father. It's a great example for us, specifically during this time of Lent. What is our time like with the Father? Hopefully we all pray every day. That's something that we need to do. But even within that prayer, are you saying the rosary, uh, which is a beautiful thing, but is your mind wandering, or, or, or are you praying, right? Are you reading maybe a spiritual book, or are you just ever allowing yourself to enter into the silence? To spend some time and allow your soul just to waste time with God. And of course it's not wasting time, there's no better time that can be spent than just being alone with the Father. Just like Christ gives us this example. So why does he say no? Why is this a temptation, but something that Christ turns down? There's something about suffering that our Lord wants to show us teach us, to give us an example of, right? Ultimately, we're looking at a, a, a great example of suffering, one of the worst sufferings anyone's ever had to endure, the way that Christ died. What, what, what is this suffering? As humans, we take a step back. Suffering and pain, it, it's natural for us to just take a step back. But at the same time, our Lord seems to be saying, no, like, there's something good. About suffering, there's something I want you to endure with suffering, and it's this understanding that we, as sons and daughters of God, right now, are in the process of becoming saints. We're in the process of becoming the people that God wants us to be. We're not there yet, right? We talk about Catholic guilt, or talk about this uh, uh, understanding that we don't, uh, we see the vices in our own life. And some people will tell us, like, well, that's just the people, the way you're raised. Like, you're okay the way you are, which is great. And it's of itself, yes, you are good. You were created good. But God is calling us to another level. He's calling us to be saints. He doesn't want anything that detracts from us living a full life to be there, right? That's why we want to work at becoming saints. We want to work at eliminating any bad habits so that we can be the best person God's calling us to be. So, in that, we can allow suffering to help us grow. We can allow the things in our life to either take us towards bitterness or towards the joy of Christ. Suffering is a real fork in the road for us. It's a real decision. How do we handle suffering as Christian? Because if you take suffering out of the equation, if you totally avoid suffering, you have to remove love. Without suffering, there is no love. It's this great paradox in the human condition, but also within Christianity, right? And the world gets this. The world gets this. Think of the sacrifices a student makes. They're going to spend hours, months, years of their lives studying to get the goal, to get a certain degree, to get a certain job, to make a certain amount of money, to get power, or whatever it is. Those are good things, but you have to sacrifice, you have to study, you have to work hard. The athlete, right they work so hard they sweat hours and working on their skills or their talents or music right to spend all those hours practicing they take spend time practicing suffering if you will to get the goal it's the same thing for our spiritual life this understanding that when we have a suffering in our life that's those are key moments right those are key moments and sometimes they're just there in our life sometimes there's an illness or somebody loses a job, or all of a sudden a relationship breaks down, or there's a death in the family, right? And those are moments where we can say like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can keep going. But he's there to say, no, if you stand next to me during this time of trial, you're going to come out even stronger. You're going to come out with an even better person, closer to the second person of the Trinity, Christ, but also deeper in relationship with the Father. And then during this time of Lent, where we have, you know, sufferings that we put on ourselves, I don't eat bacon Friday mornings during Lent, right? We go and we put the TV, we turn the TV off, and we actually spend time having quality conversations with our family. Or we put down Twitter for a little while so we don't let whatever, you know, riles up the anger inside of us about what Lucy Q says or whoever about this situation, right? There's so many things out there that can just distract us. Lent's a time to slow down. Lent's a time to spend that time in silence. To allow our our minds to spend time with God the Father. Spend time with Christ. To look at where we're at in our life. And to recognize we have the opportunity to grow. And that can be scary, right? Those moments of silence, when our minds start to run, they start to ask questions maybe we're not comfortable with. We start to ask questions about whether or not we're worthy to receive the love of God. Whether or not those things that we've done in the past, the things that have happened to us, allow us to truly be the daughters and sons of God. That's a lie from Satan. That's a lie from the evil one, just like in the, in the, temp, in, in the temptation here, right? Because that's what Satan does. He says, oh, you should do this, you should do this, you deserve this. And then you fall, and then he says, you're the worst person ever. You are absolute just trash. And God, how could God ever love you? If you ever have that thought, it is clearly not from from God. Clearly. That is not how God works. Right? Because when we look at sometimes at the inner part of our heart, we recognize we want to grow, but we're afraid that God can't love us. We're afraid that if we truly talk to God about that wound in our heart, about a situation in our lives. He's not going to understand. He's not going to love us. He's just going to be disappointed. What? No way. No way. Right? God is always there saying, I'm right here. I want you to grow closer to me so much. I want you to experience the peace and joy of the Christian life. Right? Because while we do endure sufferings on this earth... And heaven is going to be so amazing. That does not mean that we're just post uh, putting off any, any joy, any authentic happiness in this life. But when you live the Christian life, when you go through the joys, but also allow the sufferings to really form you and say, God, I'm trying to follow your will. Help me if there's anything in my life keeping me from doing your will. Take that away. Allow me to just, Get the most out of this suffering. That's what's so sad is when you see the misery in the world. There's so much wasted suffering. How many people have that sickness in their family? Someone having cancer, and and they're just hopeless. Where God is saying, "No, I, you can use this. You you can offer it up if you will." That maybe trigger word from when you were a kid when your mom just said, "Offer it up." No, that's a beautiful thing. Even though it drove me nuts when my mom told me that to me as a kid, like that's really a beautiful thing to. Get the most out of everything. Because that's what we can. And when we do that, life is amazing. You know, growing up, I had thought about being a priest. I had thought about, man, maybe that's something God calls me to do. But I couldn't handle it, right? I I couldn't handle saying yes to that. What do you mean I can't have a family? What do you mean I, I, I can't have a spouse, someone there to journey through life with me? That was a scary thing. There was no priest in my family, even though I looked up to priests. And throughout life, I've always been a happy guy. I've been an outgoing, joking guy, sometimes too much. But when I finally surrendered that part of my heart and said, all right, I can't run anymore. I've got to, I think this is what God wants me to do in my life. And he's asking that, obviously not for each of us to live out of vocation, but to your vocation that God has known that you would have of all the time. When you surrender to that, that opens up so much. That's the thing is when the world looks at us and says like, oh, the church says you can't do this, you can't do that. Or the church says you have to live life this way. It negatively looks upon surrendering to God's will. But when we allow ourselves to make that small act of humility and say, I do surrender to the will of God. Holy cow. The joy and the peace that we have in life not only makes the suffering totally worth it, but we get the most out of life. We're the most human we're living life the way we were created to and that ultimately lets us go to heaven so continue having a great Lent continue to pray for each other know that I honestly am praying for each of you I I feel so blessed to be at this parish the best part of my week to come here and spend time with you because I don't have to sit in class and uh, being with you is so much better I like hearing the sound of my voice at the album As opposed to teachers telling me things. I get to come and, you know, tell you things. And hopefully you're listening, because I don't in class. But I know you guys are listening. We're going to pray for each other in Lent. And we're going to continue to work on our hearts, right? We're only a few days into Lent. So if the Holy Spirit had put something on your heart, like, I want you to work on this. This is something that's keeping Christ from fully enveloping your heart. All right, keep working on it. But if now, if today at mass, something strikes you and you're like, you know what, I think, I think social media is pretty bad for me right now. Or I think that TV show I've been watching, I don't think it's uh, doing good things in my heart. I, don't think, I think it's disturbing my peace, right? Or maybe the way I've been talking to my spouse or my children or the way I've been talking to my parents, that's, that's, not, that's not good for me right now. All right, cut it out. Lent's just been getting going. And allow yourself to just truly be covered with the graces that God wants to give you this time. So know that I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. And know that this time of Lent is going to grow each of us closer to Christ, but ultimately deepen our relationship with the Father.